Hi, this is Dr. William Renner. I'm board certified in internal medicine and radiology. I'm honored to moderate a series of podcasts featuring evidence-based medicine and wellness with Dr. Alan Safdie. Dr. Safdie is board certified in internal medicine and gastroenterology. He's written more than 300 clinical studies and himself and being co-investigator in about 900 clinical research study. Uh, this continues a podcast, a series of podcasts on colon cancer, which I find fascinating. Today, I want to talk about different types of screenings for uh, colon cancer. Alan, can you tell us about that, please? So, Bill, that's a great question. We talk. Please listen to the uh, podcast that we did previously. Um, this is following up that, but colorectal cancer. There's a lot of different societies. Um, that have recommendations, American College of Physicians, American College of Gastroenterology, uh, U.S. Preventative Task Force. Um, so, you know, I tend to like, um, you know, certain societies better than other ones, ones that especially deal with this every year uh, and every day. So there's different means of screening. Um, but first of all, we have to decide who we're going to screen and when we're going to screen them. As we discussed previously, um, you know, people should undergo a colonoscopy in an earlier age and more frequently than average if they have a family history of colorectal cancer or family history of polyps. If they have a family history of hereditary colorectal cancer syndrome um, with multiple polyps called FAP or familial adenomatous polyposis or HNPCs, which stands for hereditary non-polyposis colorectal cancer, um, people that have inflammatory bowel disease, you know, so what kind of tests can we do? Uh, if you're average risk, I mean, the approved test right now, um, you know, CT colonography, which is doing a CAT scan, uh, barium enemas, which almost nobody does anymore uh, every five years, colonoscopy every eight to 10 years, flexible sigmoidoscopy, which is a shorter exam than a colonoscopy, only examines part of the colon every five years. Um, and other tests are these FIT tests, annual fecal immunoglobulin tests, which is testing for blood in the stool, um, as well as stool DNA tests. And the one you see on TV all the time is Colgard, Bill. So there's, you know, we have a variety of different tests. In my opinion, some of them are much, much better than other ones, but these well, are the current Let's ones. talk about the most important ones. Now, um, uh, the um, fecal DNA uh, test, uh, Colgard, uh, I think that would be a good test for my um, uh, wife's mother, who's 92 years old and probably can't really, it's not easy for, to, for her to undergo, uh, undergo a, a colonoscopy at, at her age. The prep would be uh, difficult for her. Uh, for me, I think that the, the prep is nearly, nearly nothing. It just doesn't bother me at all, uh, bother me at all. Uh, but I, I myself wouldn't even think about uh, having the DNA test, because as I understand, it only detects the can cancer once you've developed cancer. Uh, the whole idea, isn't it, uh, is to detect polyps early so you can prevent cancer. So you're, in my mind, you're bypassing the whole the whole idea of colonoscopy by uh, by doing that test. What, what What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, you're right, Bill. Um, you know, which test do I personally have? I have a colonoscopy. Um Right, as I do, and as I said, I have a fam. I have polyps. I I don't really know my family history. My father was an orphan, 
but I have polyps, so I have a colonoscopy every three years. And I say it really doesn't bother me a bit. I mean, I, I don't dread it or even 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 the night before the test that, you know, I, I find it really not not that uh, much of an invasive test. It takes one day, uh, you know, one morning out of your life. You have to get up in the morning, go to the bathroom for a half hour. Then you go have your test. And uh, I frequently take a long walk or uh, even go to the gym after my test. So, I mean, I, I don't find it too, uh, too intrusive. Well, uh, what you need to remember with Colgard is it's not intended for somebody like you that's had polyps. It's not intended to replace diagnostic colonoscopy or surveillance colonoscopy in high-risk patients. It's not intended for people with inflammatory bowel disease. Um, what we use it in is people that refuse to have a colonoscopy often. But, you know, it's good for detecting cancers. 92% um, of colon cancers can be detected by Cologuard. But what we want to do is prevent cancer from occurring so patients don't have to go through surgery. But so these precancerous, even large polyps, not little polyps um, like you may have had, but th these larger precancerous polyps, it's only detecting about four out of 10, 42% of those. Um, that's scary because what we don't want to wait till you get cancer. So the reason we do Cologuard on a frequent basis, you know, if we're looking at, at Cologuard, uh, as a screening mechanism, is we do that every three years, not every eight to 10 years as we might in somebody with a negative colonoscopy with no risk factors. Yeah, let, let, me, let me just um, mention here um, my understanding. Tell me if, if I've got this right. So the vast majority of colon cancers uh, first, uh, first uh, become polyps. So first you have a polyp the polyp grows, and as it grows in size, it has a higher chance of malignancy. If it's less than a centimeter, there's a very small chance of malignancy. As it grows, you have a larger chance of malignancy. And then the polyp grows even greater than two centimeters. You're increasing your risk of uh, developing a colon cancer. And then that cancer extends down into the polyp into the, the colon. And if we do colonoscopies every so many years, we, by removing those polyps, we can markedly reduce the risk of developing a colon cancer. Is, is that correct? That's absolutely correct. I mean, it's one of the few organs you can get inside and look and remove things that could turn into cancer well before they turn into cancer. Not that all polyps turn into cancer, but they have the propensity, especially adenomatous or these very flat serrated type polyps, have the propensity to turn into cancer. So if we can remove those in the precancer stages, you go home, you don't even think about it. We call you with a biopsy, say, hey, it was a benign adenomatous polyp. I'll see you again in three to five years. If it was negative and you've never had polyps, I'll see you in eight to 10 years. Um, with Cologuard, unfortunately, it's going to miss a, well, a majority of those polyps, uh, especially the smaller ones. Uh, and so that's why we have to have you come back more frequently. If we wait till you get cancer, we may be subjecting you to, it may be a cancer I can't remove with an endoscope. And so not only do we find cancer, which might've been able to prevent with a colonoscopy, but we're gonna subject you to surgery um, because we can't remove it at that stage endoscopically. So it is a means uh, for patients to be screened. If it is positive, you're gonna need a colonoscopy. If it's negative, you need a, you know these to be done frequently. Um, but remember, it's not intended to replace 
colonoscopy in any stretch of the imagination for people that have um, any risk factors, any polyps in the past or anything like that. Uh, and it does have a false positive rate of about 12%, meaning it may be positive and you may not have anything. So, you know, 12 out of 100 people, it's going to be positive, but we really don't find anything in those people. So it can be negative when you have polyps. Uh, eight out of 100 people can have cancer and it can be negative. And it doesn't prevent cancer. Our whole difference between the two is one can be diagnostic and preventative, which is a colonoscopy. We can not only diagnose polyps, we can take them out and we can prevent colon cancer. The other one is essentially waiting for the majority of patients to get colon cancer before we do that test. So would I yeah, use I, it? No. I think that brings up an important distinction of diagnostic. That's why as a radiologist, uh, I, I prefer the patient's not have a uh, radiographic colonoscopy um, because uh, many times we, we see things we can't really differentiate uh, for a, a malignancy, a polyp from stool, adherent stool. So it becomes very difficult for us to separate um, a stool uh, from a polyp. So the patients then have to undergo a colonoscopy. So really, uh, to me, it's it's not a very... Uh, a very useful test because it's just, it just doesn't, uh, it's diagnostic accuracy. is just not high enough to separate uh, clumps of stool uh, from a polyp or even from a cancer. And so what you're talking about, Bill, is a CT colonography. I want people to understand. And that was, again, it involves radiation. It's, it's a test that can diagnose things, but often has a much higher incidence of false positives. Meaning, as Bill just said, that you'll see things that you can't really differentiate as a colon cancer or not. It does involve radiation. It has to be done frequently. So again, it is an option. Um, if we do CT colonography, it's every five years. Uh, it's not something we tend to order. And, and remember with the Cologuard, something I forgot to mention, you can get a false positive to blood in your stool to lots of things, including hemorrhoids, because part of a Cologuard is not just DNA, but it also involves looking for blood in the stool and their algorithms are proprietary, but we've had patients that have had positives and the only that don't have colon cancer. And the only thing we find are hemorrhoids in those people. Um, Medicare does cover both of these tests. Um, you know, they are covered by Medicare, but again, there's a big difference between a purely diagnostic test and a test that can diagnose and prevent or treat. So, you know, think about that in doing these, you know, we talked about CT colonography, um, more of a diagnostic test, Cologuard, a diagnostic test, colonoscopy. Another, another thing I'd like to mention to people with a CT colonography is that you're not sedated. You know, the patient is awake and we're injecting large amounts of air, it can be quite uncomfortable of a test. And it's just, as I said, it's just a diagnostic test. And every everyone who has a positive test has to go ahead and have a uh, uh, have a, uh, a colon exam anyway. Um, so uh, most radiologists, including myself, are not very, very up uh, on this test. Of course, I myself uh, uh, have a, uh, a yearly uh, colonoscopy, uh, not yearly, about every three years because I have a, because I found, I was found to have uh, some uh, polyps. Um, 
Let's talk about some of those hereditary things. So, and and some of the some of the other ethnic things too. Uh, what people are at the highest risk? We talked about in the last one about obesity, uh, smokers, people who didn't exercise, people have a, a family history. Um, uh, what about ethnicity? Um, yeah, Bill, that's that's a good question. That that's almost you know, another podcast in and of itself, but you're right. You know, the things that we look at lifestyle wise is don't smoke, um, you know, the exercise. So if somebody comes in and they don't exercise, they're smokers, they're obese, you know, they eat a lot of processed meats, uh, their diet's terrible, their calcium's really low, they drink and, or they have a family history, we start screening them earlier. And, you know, let's do ethnicity and another podcast. The only other thing I forgot to mention in this is when do you stop doing colonoscopies? You know, we talked about colonoscopies and Colgard, and this is a harder question is, you know, we're going to start screening at earlier and earlier ages uh, based upon data I presented in the last podcast. But, you know, when do we stop? Um, you know, we should, you know, people and the answer is we're not sure because do we look at people chronologically or physiologically? And I think we should look at people physiologically. But current recommendations are, um, you know, one, for people in good health with a life expectancy of more than 10 years. Um, you know, we continue regular colon cancer screening through the age of 75. Then we start to really look between 76 and 85. Um, you know, and that should be a joint decision with their medical provider. Of whether to continue screening that has to do with personal preferences life expectancy their overall health and prior screening history so if they've had multiple polyps or cancer yeah we may push to have them have colonoscopies uh, over 85 years of age uh, current recommendations are often to discontinue colorectal cancer screening uh, again that has to be judged physiologically also my grandfather we did a colonoscopy when he was 88 years of age well over the 85 had colon cancer, had a resection, um, and was still walking five miles a day in his mid-90s. Um, so if we hadn't, he would have died much earlier. Um, and, you know, we didn't look at him as an 88-year-old. We looked at him physiologically. He's in great shape, skinny, you know, uh, still somewhat muscular for that age and doing great. Uh, had no, none of the ill effects of age at that point in time. So you may have screened some people over the age 85, but again, that has to be a decision you make in regards to, you know, life expectancy, over health, prior screening, and what kind of symptoms they're having at that time. Uh, so, you know, let's talk about the fam familial history in the podcast that we can do uh, next week. Yeah, that sounds great. And as again, that was a great discussion, a, a fabulous discussion on uh, colon cancer. Uh, if you if you like our uh, podcasts, uh, uh, please uh, sign up uh, for them. Um, please tell your friends about our podcast. And remember that uh, we are only talking about evidence-based medicine and that uh, the only thing that we get out of these podcasts is the satisfaction of trying to bring uh, honest evidence-based medicine uh, to, uh, to our listeners. So, Alan, thank you again uh, for uh, your great insights. Thank you, Bill. And stay safe.